Man, what about that uh, Jeffrey Epstein, huh? What a lightning rod. Can I be honest? I feel like I don't know enough about the Jeffrey Epstein thing other than like uh, child molestation and that Republicans and Democrats have found a common uh, cause, apparently. Right. <laughs> we, we, we have conspiracy theorists on both sides. Like people I formerly considered reasonable are both like fucking going off on shit. That's the thing where the conspiracy yeah. is so good that like the reasonable people are biting it. I'm like, ah, yeah. shit. And it's starting to lend it some credibility too, where I'm like, maybe he was moited. Like, why were those guards asleep, et cetera? Right. I mean, because the prison's bullshit and the people who work there are bullshit. I mean, <laughs> that's the easy answer. Like, I feel like that's way easier than try to say, like, Clinton you, did you it. You just alienated, like, our entire prison guard demographic, my friend. Uh, dude, I've always like, felt like, I'm where's done. my burrito? Is or or you think that they're self-aware enough to be like, I am garbage. Well, to be honest, I always thought, where's my burrito was more of a podcast for the prisoners than the prison cards. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't know what you're asking. Like, how are they listening to our podcast? They don't have computers. They don't have iPods. And all I can say is like, they smuggle shit, bro. Like, it's an enterprise thing yeah, in prison. It's great. Orange is the new black. I know how prison works. Don't yeah, I mean, thinking back to it, it's like, again, I don't know much. So maybe you can preface, uh, preface me on it. I know that this guy has got really crazy connections to basically everyone. I know Donald Trump is going on saying that the Clintons did it, but at the same time, I know that uh, Donald Trump is also homies with Epstein. I know that Stephen Hawking is uh, homies with Epstein's or was. And so like, I don't know who the big bad is guy up in the mix. Yes, dude, there's pictures of him and Epstein together. This broke yesterday. And so, yeah, well, so, so I was reading this article about Epstein and I'm not an expert by any means because I skimmed it. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> You're a serial skimmer. Everyone knows this about you. But it was fucking crazy. The, the, apparently, like he was notorious for, sur- like he would throw these parties and he would surround himself by two different groups of people. And he thought it was really funny to do this he would bring in, on the one hand, beautiful women, sometimes underage women, and then on the other hand, on the other side of the fucking room, at the same party, like, renowned intellectuals and scientists. He was fascinated by the idea of, like, a bunch of models and scientists in the same room at the same time. Um, But he was also, like, uh, those were his two primary interests, were, like, you know, uh, fucking, fucking women and uh learning about science so. and advancing mankind uh, well no yeah in his mind he was probably like a like a weird eugenics man maybe he was like if we get the looks no, of the models and he the brain literally was into eugenics have you not heard about oh, this no i don't know but this seems like now it feels pretty credible because my point again is like the beauty of models underage or not not getting into the underage of it all plus the, yeah. the brain of the scientists maybe they're trying to create a, a an ubermensch well, he, he was working on a plan to inseminate like a substantial percentage of the population to spread his genes out into the world as much as possible. He wants to be the Genghis Khan 2.0. Like, and like the Genghis Khan yeah. award goes to uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, like, Jeffrey. And he believed he had a superior uh, rapist genes and wanted to just get that shit out there into the world. On top of that, I believe he also wanted to like he was looking into cryogenics and just a way to live forever. Like all of this is like a big ego stroking fucking exercise and uh, narcissism. But uh, yeah, he was, he was trying to, trying to freeze his brain and uh, 
and put it in a computer or something. I've been thinking so much about like the me too thing lately because it kind of is, don't laugh at that. Well, have we like this entire podcast is like, I'd say like an 18% of the pie chart has been about me too, at least. Yeah. I, I, but we, I don't think we've mentioned it on the show in a little bit. So I feel like it's our responsibility to bring it back. Like if we hadn't talked about Nazis it's, in five it's all, episodes. It's in the subtext, yeah. me too. Well, we talked about Batman being me too Oh, that's right. We did in a recent episode. <laughs> yeah. Two episodes ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was just thinking about it in general, which is like, cause I was reading something about Harvey Weinstein again, and it's just like kind of amazing. Like, kind of amazing that a couple women at the same time like now it's like we're living in a post me too world where you're like but of course right right? like but beforehand we were all just okay with this thing like we i think we had to have known in some weird way like the darkness associated with it like that like it was common knowledge though like oh yeah (laughs) joke about harvey weinstein doing some shady shit at a party Right? didn't didn't seth mcfarland when he hosted the oscars he made a seth uh, like a harvey weinstein joke and everyone laughed about it like yeah yeah it's rough dude and that's my thing it's like i'm just thinking that thing on reddit is that what you're talking about like where courtney love came out and said something in like 2005 about like somebody asked her like I think it was 2005 like what advice do you have for any young women entering the industry today? And she was like, "Well, if Harvey Weinstein invites you to a private hey, meeting, hey, 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 hey. sorry, start over from 2005 because you lagged the entire time. I'm sorry. I want to make sure that we have that audio." Oh shit. Okay, yeah. So so uh Courtney Love in 2005 in an interview on a red carpet for something um was asked the question, "Hey, what advice do you have for young women entering the industry today?" Okay. And she said, "If Harvey Weinstein invites you to a to a private meeting at the Four Seasons, don't go." <laughs> and like I'm laughing now and I feel I feel grody for laughing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's the point. It's just, it's weird to me now thinking of back to it where it's like, okay, a couple women came forward at once. I, all the time we talk about like the power of one person to make a difference, but a couple women right. came forward at once and it literally changed the fucking game, dude. Mm-hmm. Like where this piece of shit's gone and he may be uh, facing charges uh, well, elsewhere. And it's not even so much women coming forward. Like women have been coming forward for a while. It's just, we weren't ready to hear them, I guess. It's it's like the idea of like you think about like Bill Cosby. That was a known thing for years. That was a that was a punchline in stand up comedy routines until Hannibal Burris said it, and we were willing to listen. Do you think that that is uh, just a matter of us uh, like not believing victims, or and this is going to sound fucked up, being like, well, that's the cost of genius. <laughs> like, and I don't mean to say that in a bad way. I just literally mean that. Like, Bill Cosby meant a lot of things to a lot of people. If you take the rape away, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying if you do, his legacy is America's grandpa. His legacy is a uh, a comedian who had done shit that no one had ever done before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> You're just doing the theme. <laughs> sorry go on i mean that's my point i'm not saying we should divorce i feel like that. i feel like any sentence that starts with if you take the rape away should end i know you always balk at the titles the being called anything with rape in it but i feel i mean that might be the one man i'm just saying <laughs> if you take the rape away uh yeah and i'm just you know like that's that's the thing it's like people knew about it but no one cared or maybe mm. no one wanted to they wanted to believe it because it would have ruined the legacy of this thing but still like what happened was it the fact that we brought it to a micro level like it wasn't about actresses talking about it like cause it wasn't the whole me too thing i remember when the me too thing started because right. every female friend i had on facebook 
was doing their Me Too moment. Like there was like a week where everyone was like, Me Too. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I remember being like an asshole about it, being like, I as well. And like now thinking back to it, like, because I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was like one of these trends, like to be fair to myself, because now I sound like a piece of shit. There was another trend where women were on Facebook doing this thing where it's like, I like it on blank. And it sounded sexually suggestive. Mm-hmm. But the whole premise of it was like a breast cancer awareness thing. And it was where you'd like to put your purse, right? And so a lot of people would be like, I like it on the kitchen table. I like it on the blah, 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 right? And it sounded suggestive. So I thought right. it was one of those things. So I was like, ah, like I'm going to have a hot take. <laughs> like That didn't age well. <laughs> like, right. and so my point is just like, I'm wondering if that was the difference. Instead of making it like, oh, Hollywood, there's... Because eh, Hollywood's a dirty business. Everyone sort of knows that. We brought it to the micro level. Suddenly our, our, our sisters, our cousins, our mothers, they were sharing their stories. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, to answer your question as for why now, like why, why not then? Um, to quote the great all-time show, uh, Fairly Odd Parents, Internet. Um, I, I think that uh, social media uh, just fucking made it possible. It gave us a venue for people to jump on and say, or for women specifically to jump on and say, "Yeah, me too." Like this also happened to me. This also happened to me. It started to legitimize that this was happening to not just some actress in some abstract context, but like real human beings, people next door. So where does uh, Epstein rank in the monsters of the Me Too movement? And again, not to say, that's like saying, which genocide's worse? Genocide's bad. I guess what I'm asking is like, because again, I, I, I'm ignorant of it. Like what, was it just that he did some really bad things or was he really into like child pornography, like all that shit? Like, I guess that's my uh, question. I think we're still learning. I think we're still learning the facts, like as far as like the breadth of his uh, offenses. Some people think that it's like a Pizzagate, but IRL type situation where he okay. was like the leader of like an actual legitimate uh, pedophilia ring where he was either supplying young girls or was facilitating it in some way, throwing little pedophilia sex parties. Like, uh, it's not great. It's not a fun uh, topic, and we don't know all the facts. But I'm right. the one who brought it up, so I've got to own it. Here at Where's My Burrito, our job <laughs> is to make this subject fun. Like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I, I just thought it was fascinating. It really is like one of those things where you're like, our world is different. It's just yeah. different. And it's so crazy to think about, like, oh, what are these uh, delineating moments in history that kind of separate eras, right? Like when things right. happened. And hey, we remember when the iPhone came out, that was like a game changer technology. We, in our lifetimes, we remember when the internet happened. I mean, we were young, but it was in yeah. our lifetimes. Dude, I remember the first streaming video I ever saw was from Spider-Man 1. And my, my dad called me and my mom into the room. And he's like, look, honey. <laughs> Yeah, look, you can watch a video on the internet. And it was a preview for Spider-Man 1. And it was the scene where the Green Goblin uh, has like the train car and Mary Jane on the bridge. He's like, you got to make a choice, Spider-Man. And of course, there's no choice. Literally in like a like fucking, I think there were all of like five functioning pixels in that video. Like it was a green blob and like a grainy Willem Dafoe voice. But we all thought, oh my God, the future is here. Yeah, it changed the game, man. I remember the first video I saw was a trailer for like Ice Age or something. It was like in ninth grade. <laughs> like, oh, man. Have you seen like any footage from Ice Age recently? Because that has not aged well. Oh, it hasn't? No, I haven't. I remember there was a girl I really loved uh, named Rachel E. Well, maybe I shouldn't. I'm talking about like the actual animation has not aged well. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying I have a very specific memory with uh, Ice Age, which is there was a girl I really liked who lived in Fishhawk or whatever back home. Mm 
and uh, like I did, we just like kissed or we made out or something. I was like 13 or 14 tops. Uh, but uh, Taekwondo dodos, that was the best joke of that whole movie. Taekwondo dodos. I have to imagine the guys just went in there with that one line and they're mm-hmm. like, fuck it, we're fledgling. Let's green light this $100 million. <laughs> Doesn't uh, Leguizamo play a prehistoric sloth? Yeah, sure movie? does. He's great. Dennis Leary, Ray Romano. Then you got Queen Latifah up in that bitch. Just when you thought the star power couldn't get any brighter. Queen Latifah shows up. Wait, is Queen Latifah in that? Or yeah, she, she ends up being cast? like the the fourth one. She ends up being like Ray Romano's love interest, like because uh-huh. he thinks he's the last mammoth. I think that's like again having yeah. not seen any of these really. Like, uh, I think that's the emotional byline is that he's the last mammoth until he's not, <laughs> and then he has a daughter, and now there's another Ice Age coming out. So I don't know, man. Like, right. <laughs> I feel like the Ice Age because they like the weird thing of the Ice Age franchise is there was a whole movie called The Meltdown. The, right. The, the position was that like there was it. no more ice, but then there's another Ice Age. After that, yeah, it just comes back. <laughs> Sorry, I mean that just sounded like clearly they're like, well, we're running out of steam. I guess we'll just make the third one the meltdown, and then it did well. Right. They're like, all right, I guess we're going back. <laughs> We killed all of our characters, but we'll find a way to bring them back. I don't know. It's like a real Toy Story 3 to Toy Story 4 situation, you know? It's like they they more or less ended that series, you know, as perfectly as they could. And then they they bring it back. I haven't seen the fourth one, though. I didn't either. And I was going to say, like, think about that in a world where you and I have not seen, like, a Pixar movie of that caliber, you know? Because the reviews were wonderful for it. But you were a little sour on 3, where I, I really liked 3. When was I sour on three? You were sour on it, I believe, unless I'm wrong. In this podcast, you said your problem with three was that structurally the story is very similar to two, except oh, for yeah. the ending. Yeah. That, that is true, though. But it, it doesn't is. ruin the film for you. No. When okay. I walked in theaters, like I cried like a fucking kid. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. I guess I, I didn't um, understand that. But, right. but, but, it, but it is like uh, pretty much telling you the same like character arcs. and Except death. Deal with it. It happens. And you got to uh, hold hands. Right. Right. And then you don't die. Well, here here is a question that was brought up by YouTuber Jenny Nicholson, which is that like who owned uh, Woody before Andy? Because he's he's like an antique. It's confirmed in Toy Story 2, which brings up a weird situation, right? Like, does he not have memories of his previous owners? (laughs) Woody has a Jason Bourne situation. He's like, I don't remember any of that shit. Who am I? (laughs) Because it would make sense in, in, in context if in universe the toys like when they get a new owner like maybe their memory resets or something but like he remembers andy by all accounts at the end of three and right fourth one yeah that's true yeah so who you're playing fast and loose with the logic here lassiter i'm, I'm over this shit <laughs> lassiter yeah well he's gone right lassiter's got he got me threed or whatever <laughs> like he also got in trouble me threed <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's not like something we haven't talked about, but how do you reconcile the art from the artist? And I think the truth is you probably can't with, you know, Woody Allen. That's one thing with, uh, I mean, who's another noted or Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein isn't like near and dear to my heart. Polanski's a better example. Thank you. Cause Polanski's made some films and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is why films exist. You know what I mean? I just Um, saw carnage recently. I didn't watch that. I felt guilty for watching it. Cause I was like, this guy, (laughs) Did some shit. I went back uh, and just rewatched Knife in the Water, which is a film he did before he came to Hollywood. It's a Dan- mm-hmm. it's like Danish, I believe. Um, and it's incredible, like just a wonderful film. It's on the Criterion channel, so check it out if you get a chance. But 
Um, and that's the thing. So it's like that, you know, that's someone that I, I really like and I respect, but a lot of that stuff resonated with me as an adult. Had I seen that as a kid, it wouldn't have done anything for me. Lassiter is a really interesting case. Is he not? Because he is so tied to our childhood right. and our adulthood. Like it's the thing that we enjoyed as a kid that as we got older, we were able to appreciate this even more, I think. Um, and it fucks with you because your childhood memories now feel corrupted. Weird thing. Follow me on this. I've always said that the, the, the last two minutes of Full Metal Jacket are like this really harrowing moment because it reminds us that these are 18-year-old kids. They're singing the Mickey Mouse song. They're thinking about the homecoming uh, fuck scenario or whatever, you know? Like, uh, it, it's this really harrowing thing where you're like, your childhood was also corrupted by darkness. Lassiter is the corruption of our darkness, Matt. So you're saying Lassiter is our Vietnam? Because <laughs> now that's I'm the saying it, yeah. <laughs> Lassiter's are Vietnam. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I feel bad for uh, people who were in Vietnam. I feel yeah. bad for Lassiter somehow. No, not really. I mean, uh, it's just, it's interesting. Like, Louis C.K., I was only affected by him as an adult. Woody Allen, I only loved when I was old enough to understand why those movies meant something. Lassiter's right. something I really liked when I was a kid before I understood why story structure mattered or why, why I understood why character development mattered, you know? And like, you get older, it just, it, it punches you in a different place. That's all. It's very interesting because I think he's the, he'd be like if Mr. Rogers got called out, you know, yeah. after the fact because he's Honestly, a child that entertainment. Doesn't bother me. No, you're fine with it? I'm fine with, I'm not like, fine with like the, no, no, it doesn't I, corrupt the art. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't affect the art to me in any way. Is it because that's the animation as opposed to live action? Is it because the those films didn't tackle headier uh, or like the more uh, dramatic weight? Uh, nah. <laughs> I was trying to have a real conversation. Like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that on their own, they're they're really wonderful films that uh, change the the shape of animation forever. They're delightful. They're self-aware. They're smart. They're kind. And not or is there like a, is there like a Pixar Wozniak? Or you're like, look, Lasseter gets all the acclaim, but that's because he's the showman. <laughs> you know, he walks he on stage. Every eye goes on him. He plays the fucking orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Jobs in this scenario. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Pete Doctor is the guy doing. I don't know if Pete Doctor had anything to do with Toy Story. I know he had everything to do with uh, what do you do? Up and Wally and uh, Inside Out. Those are his three. Right. I mean, Joss Whedon wrote Toy Story or helped write it. What? I think I heard that. That makes sense. But was it the first one or the second one? Uh, first one. Oh wow! Good for that well, guy. I'm gonna double check it, but uh, yeah, yeah, he uh, he was he was involved in that. They were like, let's get the guy. That did that one movie with Paul Rubens where he plays a weird vampire. You want to talk about a guy who tried it almost got me too, but then like was like, I'm slippery motherfuckers. <laughs> like with to Joss Whedon. Yeah, his wife came out and was like, This motherfucker's a fake feminist, all right? This fucker is like a sexist piece of shit. He's been playing y'all like fiddles. And we were yeah. mad about it for about a day. But... Well, do you remember what the accusations were? Uh no, do you? Because I yeah. don't necessarily. What is it? I mean, I don't remember the exact details, but it's kind of like a, well, well, no, it was kind of like a Matt Weiner situation where he had more so like been in relationships with younger women who worked on his staff. So it was the idea of like him using a power position or a position of power to leverage that into a relationship. Um, or a sexual relationship or whatever it was. That is a real thing, man. It's a moral quandary. I mean, like Harmon had this thing when he was dating McGaffey 
uh, he really, I guess he had like fallen in love. He said with Megan Gans, who was like mm-hmm. a really popular sitcom writer. She wrote on new girl. She wrote on happy ending. She wrote on, yeah, she's on it's always sunny. Now it's um, always sunny. She, yeah. She, she wrote a really wonderful post about Rob McElhinney recently. Um, oh. like the best boss she'd ever had. He's kind giving, always willing to listen to ideas. And like, all I could think about was like, this is kind of a veiled like reaction to Harmon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, apparently they're fine. Uh, apparently that's another guy who's evolved and has been a, he's been called out, but he hasn't like run away from it. Like, that's kind of why I, I like and respect he that guy. My favorite uh, apology of the Me Too era, honestly. His? Just, yeah, he just went on for like 10 straight minutes just trashing himself. Oh, you listened to it. Yeah. Honest and, yeah. I was going to say, because he did one on Twitter, but then he did one on the show and the show yeah. was like uh, pretty fucking profound. Like the reaction that a lot of people had for Louie when Louie came out for yeah. doing the bare minimum of yeah. uh, admitting his wrongdoing. <laughs> yeah, no, it came across as genuine, like that even in a way that Aziz Ansari's didn't. And I'm, I know that that's like a real gray area, but I've watched, watched his, that. Uh, I watched watch his stand up and he was doing like this really weird voice that he does when he wants to sound sincere that like was off putting. You know what I'm talking about? He's like, yeah, I'm going to talk a little quieter. Yeah. And people were talking about it and I thought about it and I felt really bad about it. And it just made me think about it. And I was like, dude, just talk like a normal yeah, fucking speak. person. <laughs> Enunciate. <laughs> Open your mouth more, man. It's about <laughs> oxygen and intake. Like, what are you doing? No, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought his was good, but it also felt like, I mean, I, his was good in as much that he did not start a special off pretending like that shit didn't happen. He addressed sure. it on page one. I appreciate sure. that. He didn't address it enough, in my opinion, but he's also a very weird. Uh, that that was like one of those like gray area cases where right. it was literally the situation was this is just turning into me too podcasts. It was I'm a situation where um, uh, like what he basically had a really bad date. Right. And he wasn't like listening to the nonverbal cues of his partner. Right. Which there totally are nonverbal cues. Like, I have to be very clear yes. about that. Like, I think all of us know like that that's a thing that absolutely happens. And uh, I think that's pretty uh, abundantly clear. Uh, and, you know, again, commendable that he that he did it uh, and he talked about it in the front, but I didn't feel like it went far enough. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the thing is like there is a path for redemption. Your lady, uh, Hannah Gatsby, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, she's Kiwi. She's a New Zealand comic, I believe. Um, uh, Tasmanian. Yeah. Oh, Tasmanian. Oh, what an asshole I am. I'm sorry. Uh, she came out and said, like, yo, there's a path for redemption for Louis. He's just not taking it. And I sort of feel that way. I feel like Louis... Yeah who is a uh, just maybe one of the best comics I've ever seen. Like he really is worth that acclaim. Um, well, yeah. It's to see him go from like, so self-aware to just being like that old man who doesn't get it and is doubling down on not getting it. And it's sort of really sad to see, to be honest, man. Well, it's like, uh, yeah, I, sorry for the sports metaphor, man, but like, uh, I'm sorry. You I don't even have to like sorry. call attention to it going <laughs> forward. Just say your sports metaphor. I'll probably understand it. Like you don't have to fucking apologize. Uh, the, uh, the idea is that two years before Derek Jeter retired, right? Derek Jeter is the captain. Like from my era growing up, when you think of the Yankees, it was synonymous with this motherfucker, right? Has five championships in his career was a great guy. The year before he retired, it was a resurgent year. He batted 320. He had uh, 20 home runs, uh, 86 RBIs. Like it was a good year for a 39 year old guy. Okay. The next year he was batting about 240. Like there was a precipitous fall. 
And right. that's sort of what reminds me of Louis, who was always so aware of what the joke was, aware mm-hmm. how to attack it in a different way. I was so like genuinely excited for that guy to go away and come back because I was like, dude, when he comes back, he's going to fucking do it. He's going to have the most yeah. scathing version of himself. He's going to really put it all out there. Everything I've seen has been like, this guy doesn't seem to think what he did was really a problem. Yeah. He just thought it was a t- an issue of time. If I go away for long enough, I'll be fine. Well, he treated it like an inconvenience. Like, I listened to some of his first recorded stand-up since it happened, and he was just like, you think you've had a shitty year? Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, and it was like, dude... <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to fucking like hide out on your boat in the fucking Hudson River for a while, but like right. you still have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I get a lot of shit for masturbating in front of women, but the Dane Cooks of the world who are worse. <laughs> like, right. I mean, Dane Cook's a piece of shit. Don't get me wrong, but he's not really now masturbating in front of women. <laughs> like, yeah, love Dane Cook a little bit more. Dude, dude stole a couple of jokes. He didn't fucking force women to watch him masturbate. Seriously, man. I don't know. It's just I mean, it's as far as we know. such a fascinating uh, dichotomy for me. Uh, just like how all of that works. Um, I don't really have. I, mean, I know we've. This has been a me too dominated thing. And the problem is, I only have one other thing that I want to talk about, and it's no no brighter of a subject uh, than me man. too. See, because like when we first started this episode, I was like, Christian, I got this. I'm going to start us off. I never do this because it's always Christian that starts it off. He's the one hitting record. So he's always steering the ship. And I was like, I'm going to start us off. I'm just going to throw a sentence at you. You're going to respond to it. Well, you brought up a fucking sexual... And then I bring up Jeffrey Epstein. I thought it would be hilarious. And now look where well, we are. Look, before I go to my thing, let's at least go back to the Jeffrey Epstein of it all, which is like, so homie was uh, arrested for his numerous crimes. So what was he actually arrested for? Like, did they catch him doing something bad? I'm going to say they found like child pornography or something. I'm not really sure. Like, I should know more about this. Um, considering, considering you brought it up. Brought it up well, well <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, but no, like he, he was up to something uh, child adjacent. That but again, so the larger point is like obviously it was a, a big monster. You're saying that every day we're finding out more stuff. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's like it's a con- huge web of something. And he has all these connections. So like, right. I, I don't know. Every time I see people being conspiracy theory oriented, I'm just like, I immediately discount them as human beings. But it is very weird to see that there is a unified front on it. So yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see how this plays like, out, man. It's just like, who who is on what side? Like one side is saying the Clintons, hashtag Clinton murder or Clinton body count. And the other is like hashtag Epstein and Trump. And it's like, I don't even know what to believe. Maybe they're all bad. Or maybe, for democracy's sake, Clinton and Trump work together, man. You know, like, they're both guilty and they work together to, to shut that fucker up permanently. Yeah. And that Just gives me it. hope. Yeah, a, a pedophile was murdered, sure. But every single day, Obama just looks like the best dude ever. Like, just in comparison. Right. Well, I think, like, think about that guy. That guy gets the best historical context of all time. He had George W. Bush like the previously thought worst president of all time. And mm-hmm. then Donald Trump, the like he's confirmed worst president. by like the two dumbest men to ever hold the highest office in the land. Seriously, are. man. Um, I, I, but, but then you could also say that he has the worst legacy and that everything that he did has been overturned and he brought forth possibly the demise of American democracy. Yeah. But that was more because of the racism. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just feel like we got we to gotta call a spade a spade. I know that's maybe Whoa. a racial term. I know. Shut up. But no, it's like the idea that like, well, that was just because he was a black guy. Like he could have just done nothing but Republican like policies and they still would have vetoed that shit. Pretty yeah. sure there's a key and peel sketch I mean, that like, tackled that very, <laughs> that very subject. But Right. Because there's like the whole like Me Too era, like blaming the victim thing. I just did a blame the black guy thing. I really need to check my fucking privilege. Oh. Bro, you're about to get this show canceled, man. We can't. Yeah, my brownness <laughs> running it. Yeah, I mean, my brownness is not enough to cover for your your white privilege in this instance, man. I don't care if you're honorary Spanish or not. Like, you gotta earn that. Max, your your racism is becoming a problem. Um, <laughs> your honorary Spanish is like a is like a is like a seat at a barber shop. You have to pay rent on that fucking thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pay my union dues. On my honorary Puerto Rican status. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's that's very interesting to me. It's it's cool. I mean, the thing I was going to talk about was uh, Puerto it's Rican. Cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool that, like, for one brief moment, the, the democracy, the the republic, seems like, hey, we have common ground again. <laughs> like, that's cool. Uh, everything else seems nothing like fun. a child molestation case to bring the to bring the country together. together. Child molested. Forget brown children in cages. Forget hurricanes devastating poor communities. Speaking of that, thank you for the transition. Uh, that's actually the thing I wanted to talk about was Puerto Rico oh, a little God. bit. Oh, okay. Not not the hurricane, but something way worse, which is like corruption. Yeah, well, not even corruption. I want to talk about America doing got, something really shitty. But go uh, on. What, what do you got? I was going to say I've got some Trump supporting relatives that are like, "Told you so." Trump was right not to support Puerto Rico when he said that they would just take all the money for themselves. Look at their corrupt blah blah blah. Well, he resigned. So yeah, he's gone. Yeah. But you know, before we get into that, can we talk about that for a second? That this fucker resigned. Because he took Maria money and funneled it to himself. That's obviously egregious. Fuck that guy. But my biggest beef with this was the day after that he uh, resigned, Anonymous came out. And again, the problem with me now is like, you know, I got like weird TV dementia. So like, that's just F Society to me. And so like F Society came on YouTube and was like, congratulations, Puerto Rico. You have shown and demonstrated to the world. And I'm like, what? Like, you're anonymous. Can't you take this fucking Trump guy down? Like, every day that anonymous doesn't hack this fucker, I get more mad for some reason, man. I don't get it. And it's not like they're making themselves hard to hack either. They're still using like private email servers. Like, that's the ongoing hypocrisy of the lock her up shit is like this, this fucking cabinet is like egregiously anti security. <laughs> so, like, what are they waiting for? What's going on here? Well, that's the thing. Anonymous is bullshit too. And like, uh, oh, is it like a WikiLeaks part two? Like, yeah, like well, that's the thing. Thank you for bringing that up because WikiLeaks at one point, I think you and I, I remember having a vivid conversation with you about WikiLeaks like ten years ago. Yeah, about, we were like, like all about it. We were like, it's essential to fucking democracy. We should have the right to know these things. Yeah. Et yeah, and it's like, oh, they age well. <laughs> I, I, I yeah i was having like these fever dream recollections recently of like conversations that i had with uh, my friend morgan um who i was roommates at the time where i was like mark my words trump is going to be a footnote in history we're not even gonna have to like worry about it he's gonna be like that dude from godfather's pizza that ran for president everybody's gonna laugh at him for a while and then he's gonna go away I thought you were like, this is like that guy from Godfather, fucking Fredo. He's a worthless piece of shit. Fredo couldn't fuck things up. And I was like, Fredo kind of fucked everything up. If we're being clear, like, like never doubt a Fredo. Like they right. got untapped potential for fucking things up. But yeah, dude, I mean, that's, it's, it's yeah, fucking, 
And no I don't know. We were wrong it. about things, dude. That's the point. <laughs> like we're just yeah. wrong about things. Uh, what, what was the WikiLeaks thing? What was I talking about before we went to WikiLeaks? I'm sorry. Like what? That what was that related to? You were talking about Puerto Rico. Yeah, you but there's something but, fucked up with Puerto Rico. But, oh, anonymous. I was talking about anonymous. Yeah. Anonymous is basically yeah. fucking that for not <laughs> doing the real work, for just stepping in after the Puerto Rico, after the brown people do all the hard work. Like, congratulations. Don't speak to me with your hey, fucking song look, voice. Just, if there's anybody in anonymous that happens to listen to our podcast, I just want to say I'm disappointed. We would, we would really appreciate it if you went after like some of the bad guys here. Right. And I'm the Marky Mark departed character here. You're a good cop. I'm Marky Mark. Like, get your shit together. Hack this so, motherfucker, you pussy. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm Captain Queenan. Where I'm yeah, not you're, stopping you. You're, <laughs> you're Martin Sheen trying your best. <laughs> you're getting thrown off buildings. Like, you can't protect any witness. <laughs> Look, the, the wife and the kids are upstairs. They're asleep. Come inside. I'll, I'll fix this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, take some dinner. Come on, sit down. Oh man, uh, yeah. I just I get your shit together, anonymous. That's all I'm saying. F society would expect better. Um, I was reading this thing, and it was about the F history of when <laughs> I was reading about when uh, America took over Puerto Rico. People don't really know it's like Spain ceded power because the Americans landed on our shores. That like, people seem to not realize this about Puerto Rico because I guess we got the best uh, deal of colonialism where we got yeah, citizenship. You guys are the best kept secret in the fucking long history of colonialism. <laughs> well, we got, we got social security cards. Like it, it almost <laughs> worked out. Like you're like, well, yeah, I guess, but uh, you know, we, we, we still don't have retire. statehood though. Well, that's the thing. And we don't have representation. There's Just think about things. all the flags that we would have to recall and we'd have to do a 51st star and it would look all uneven. It's just more hassle. Remember that song, uh, like 50 nifty United States, 51 nifty fun <laughs> United <laughs> States. 51 nifty fun. <laughs> I tried. It rhymed. Fuck you. It's an eternal I mean, you know, rhyme. You're, you're, you're a fucking Puerto Rican. You're a songwriter. I think that Thanks. you're the guy that can make that song work. I think I can too, man. I, I think I got that iambic pentameter. I'm going to write that shit like Shakespeare, like a heartbeat. You know what I'm talking about? Dude, but uh, no, I read this thing. For that I, duty. <laughs> I read this thing that was about when they took over. And so this is like a weird thing that no one talks about. Because when we talk about like genocide, we talk about it, uh, about the, we think about the Holocaust, we think about uh, the Armenian genocide, we think about great historical genocides at large, right? Mm. When the Americans landed on PR, bro, they sterilized like 45% of the women on the island. Man. <laughs> like, like, it's really fucked up because that was their only alternative to birth control. They didn't offer any other ver- uh, form of contraceptive. And there was basically forced sterilization of a... Uh, newly uh, sub, uh, sub, subdued they, population. They, like, had, they had like some janky condoms back in the day, right? Like, uh, Dude, sheep- they've had condoms since the Roman times, man. Yeah, it was like it was like made out of like sheepskin or like the like intestines or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like a casing. They were resourceful back in the day. Like, yeah. I'm a fuck, bro. Like that's what's gonna happen here. <laughs> what am I gonna put between my dick and your pussy? <laughs> like, and they're like sheepskin. Naturally, that was the next logical step, man. Right. I don't know, but the idea is like the technology wasn't like the fucking new. Wasn't not there. Uh, the Americans were just like, there's a lot of brown people here. We should probably. <laughs> and they sterilized, forcibly sterilized, like a whole generation of people. Um, and it maybe, and it, I went down a rabbit hole. It, it, it took me to the lost generation of kids in Australia. I don't know how much you know about that, but like it's a whole generation of kids where these white motherfuckers took Aboriginal kids, like just took them away. 
like said there's a whole generation you're sterilized and the ones that did live they sent off island bro yeah there, no there's a film called rabbit proof fence that totally yeah seen, okay uh, it's great and that was like a whole eugenics program that actually uh they attempted back in the day they attempted <laughs> crazy shit on the aboriginals but that was one of many terrible plans i thought you were literally about to say like it was one of those eugenic programs that actually worked and i was like <laughs> did it did it work one of those eugenic programs i could get behind no um but it was like one of the many terrible things they attempted to do to the aboriginals but it was like where they were going to um breed them out like they were going to force aboriginal women to have sex with white men and continue to like breed them out until everybody was white that's kind of horrible it's kind of kind I mean, of yeah, just kind yeah. of no, it's I mean, horrible adjacent it's that's more there. humane at least you know because it's like uh, yeah rape well, it's obviously rape, but it's it's not the same as like we're gonna cut stuff out of you to make sure that an entire generation. I'm again, we should not compare tragedies because they're both. Yeah, here, here's the thing. It's like uh, we had we had a conversation before where it's like we should probably not try to tear rape. Should, right. You know, like let's just not try to tear um, yeah, colonization tragedies. I mean, or atrocities. You don't want to get into that, man. No offense. I think you're there's not enough pigment in your skin. And you're scared, yeah. to approach, you know, you're scared to talk about these things because you're a mutt. Like you, you, you're probably responsible for everything because you're like Italian, you're Irish, which is just gutter English. I'm That's sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said it not realizing how genuinely offensive that was, <laughs> thinking it was an insult against you and you alone, not realizing. It's like the first time I've been offended on behalf of like my heritage, maybe ever. I was just trying to say because the English actually colonized well, actually, the world. No, you have a you have a history of doing this. I remember one time you like called like the Sicilian side of my family illegitimate too. <laughs> what like, I meant, what trash I, Italians. Look, what I was trying to do <laughs> that the British colonized everything. At one point, you could say the sun never sets on the British Empire, but the Irish were just fucking around being cool, like north of England. So I wanted <laughs> to say they were doing. They, they were <laughs> fucking around being cool. <laughs> I just they were just, to... just standing around on green rolling hills, just wearing sunglasses and getting drunk. I was just trying to <laughs> lump you in with the English to say you're a colonizer, you know, but like the Italians, what do they colonize? They colonize anything? Because like, let's break down my heritage here. Like I am a quarter Italian and then I am Hungarian, German. So I do have some German in there. Ooh. That's the bad one, but only a little bit. Shame. And then Scottish, Irish maybe polish i don't know how you're that many things i mean i think it's beautiful it's kind of like the idea of like everyone's gonna fuck until we're all brown you know uh there's one race but just like of white european countries it seems like <laughs> it's, it's so, impressive. So every white person is gonna fuck until they continue to be white like what's <laughs> until they get beige <laughs> that's the goal we're eventually gonna be beige Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this has been a real eugenic-centric episode, kind of. Eugenics, man. Me Too, Rape. Um, are, you, uh, are you scared of, like, Toy Story? Well, <laughs> which is also an allegory for eugenics, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, no, I mean, but, like, are you, are you frightened of that in earnest? Like, because we've already started to play with, like, science fiction films in the last 10 years that have talked about that. There's that Splice movie, right? Um, uh, even Sorry to Bother You in a Weird Way is sort mm-hmm. of a eugenics film. Uh, it's like that. I mean, because when we talk about it now, we're like designer babies. Like, I want my baby to have blue eyes, even though no one in my family has ever had blue eyes. 
You're talking uh, about Gattaca. We're talking about Gattaca. Like, I just wonder where, where, where does this end? Where does this end, man? That's my question. Where, I mean, yeah, it's already begun. Like, uh, bioengineered babies, you know, it's like, I want my baby to have no health problems and to be able to run 20 miles per hour. And, like, all that shit's going to be theoretically possible. Do you uh, think that eventually the end game of that is it's a Terminator situation that, like, some freakishly uh, genetically modified thing doesn't even resemble a human anymore? It goes back in time to like kill the the fucker who started eugenics jeffrey epstein do i do i think that that's going to happen like is this a thought that's entered my head before and i've run the numbers and i said this is the most probable scenario not the most probable but a likely scenario like where does this go man where does this go eventually we're just gonna keep changing i mean it's like gattaca is probably a pretty realistic representation of what might happen it's just going to create a huger class divide where like rich people can afford to get these fucking genetic modifications and poor people can't as much i don't know like it gets you run into some real uh situations with that man i saw upgrade by the way finally yo what if we all get upgraded do you did you like did you want to get upgraded <laughs> did that no. seem fun to you after the end of that no right, i like the downer good. ending in that film spoiler alert he gets upgraded <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's the title of the film but yes big spoiler of that film <laughs> no it was uh it was a lot of fun though um but it's uh, the the idea of that you know like being genetically modified and like it's like the whole cyberpunk genre is is rooted around that well there's already that one guy he's like a conceptual artist who has a antenna he like added like a weird antenna to his brain and he's like i can smell purple and i'm like what? like whatever like i mean that's the kind of thing i don't even want to get into that because that's what scares me like what is that synesthesia when you can see sounds yeah bro i got that probably (laughs) (laughs) me and beethoven bro only two confirmed cases we got the synesthesia we see the sounds well we uh, see sounds we smell the uh uh uh, the sights you know we just swap Mm -hmm. all of it man certain numbers are colors bro think about the number one what color do you see blue yeah you got synesthesia bro (laughs) what (laughs) that's that's literally a form of synesthesia It's pretty weird. I know it's so widespread. This is interesting. Like how yeah, many side like, avenues of synesthesia are there? 18% of the population has it. Really? Yeah. People, oh, I have, I have colors that I associate with people. Like when I think of them, my color pops up immediately, mm-hmm. which is very strange. What's my color, bro? It's like a light blue. That's really good. Oh, yeah. okay. cool. I no, was it's about, good. I was about what did you want something? it to be? Like that uh, devil, devil's asshole red or something? Like, what did you want there? Why did you jump to devil's <laughs> asshole red? It's <laughs> a very deep shade color. of red. It's a brilliant red is why. Is, is that the opposite of the light blue that I am? Yeah, it's the opposite. That's why. Hmm. Okay. I'll take I that. I mean, black and white's played, bro. What do you want me to, I'll you know? Out. Yeah. You know, yin and yang, fucking white hat, black hat. Mm-hmm. Fuck that shit. Get West new World color World. palettes, Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be orange hat and the robot just starts. Well, <laughs> orange is not a primary color. Like Congratulations, no William. You have won the game. You're the first won person. Westworld. <laughs> That's the thing. They never and talk about that because the game is not for him. But like, what if he just won Westworld? Like, <laughs> like right out of the gate. She she walks in. She's like, um, what do you want to be? White hat or black hat? Like, I want to be blue hat malfunction the simulation like, but, but 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 and then like her head blows up 
Then Anthony Hopkins walks out, slow clapping. Well, well played. Well played, you son of a bitch. My life's work. No person has ever said what you've just said. I mean, think about that, but that's sad for, for Anthony Hopkins because that's like 40 years of his life. Undone in two seconds. To ask for a different colored hat. It's not binary. People think it's black or white. You can choose I've any I've been hat. waiting for this moment for years to shut down operations. Is it like a Willy Wonka situation? He yeah. gives him the keys to the thing. This is all yours now. A good like, deed in a weary world. William just spits out a gobstopper and puts it in his hand. He's like, what even is this? <laughs> I never gave you this. <laughs> so, yeah, season three is going to be lit, bro. <laughs> like, I think that's going to be good. I think it's going to be great, man. Are you kidding me? Um, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen the pre- Have you seen the preview for that season? Yeah. Season? Well, I mean, you got Jesse Pinkman in it. That yeah, looks good. good. A Roan Paul. A Roan? Is he changing it? <laughs> Aaron, uh, it's a Roan, please. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, how long do you think you would have to do to get that to stick? hombres tequila. So maybe he's, you know, putting a little Spanish. A Roan. A Roan. There it is. I actually like that. Yeah. I think when I see him, because, you know, we like go to the same spinning Right. You, you guys have like the same circles, social circles. You're going to be living in LA. So naturally, yeah. you'll be best friends with everyone there. Yeah, man. Aaron. I, that's not the power. That's not the part of the power couple I'd like. I mean, I'd really like to be friends with Cranston. <laughs> just seems like a genuinely nice guy from. Like, yeah. I, I, but, but I mean, th- think about like what uh, fucking uh, Aaron Paul is involved in right now. He's involved in not only Westworld, but Bojack. He could get true. you in a room with like Raphael Bojack. Bob Waksberger. Yeah. Waksberg. Wasikberg. Waksberg. Wasikberg. Waksberg. Wasikberg. Lisa Hannawalt. Got a show canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she tried really hard. She got canceled immediately. Poor girl. No, I mean, Aaron Paul's cool. I mean, but he was also in like Need for Speed. So I don't want to like, I don't, he's in a Breaking Bad movie. That might be cool or bad. I don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, we thought the Better Call Saul was going to be not great, and it turned out to be maybe better than Breaking Bad. So, who's to say? Well, that's because uh, what? That's because of homie. That's because Odin Kirk is that Bo- good. Odin Kirk. Bo- Odin Kirk. Yeah. Who's in that other uh, Raphael Bob Wasik Burke show? Have you seen that yet? The Waking Life. Uh, um, uh, you were just say rip off. <laughs> the Waking Life rip off. It's like, damn, man, they worked really hard on that. Yeah, they worked really hard ripping off Waking Life. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, it's like with like a word. <laughs> I think like, like I was talking the other day about School of Rock, and I'm like, uh, we really need to appreciate that film more. Like, what a masterpiece of a film that was yeah. from like a great director who had no business directing that movie. That's the right. best part. because you see the poster and the trailers for it, and it just looks like a shitty <laughs> Jack Black uh, comedy. <laughs> It looks like the rocker that Dwayne, uh, not yeah. that Dwight, uh, the Rain Wilson thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, it literally. Lesser hands. That's what it is. But Richard yeah. Linklater found the humanity. Right. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic film. Maybe better than anything he's ever made. Definitely right. better than Boyhood. That piece of trash. Before midnight, piece of shit. Before <laughs> sorry, days sunrise. that confused <laughs> slacker. You can take your shambling, plotless bullshit somewhere else, Linklater. I want some of that School of Rock three plot, three act structure. Right. Shit. That shit's you know? tight, bro. There's no fat in that script. There's no chuffa. <laughs> you just get to it. Point A. There's point no B. chub to that movie. 
I mean, the chubs Jack Black, but that's that was like a decision. You know what I mean? We made that together. He's got his own gravitational pull. We put him there for a reason. I it always felt like that that was ripe for a sequel. Like I would have spent more time in that world. I think now, like you would have to either like those kids are all old. You know, like we can't do that again. Obviously, yeah. Unless you play it straight, you play it straight. I think I, think I read that the the main kid in the movie got like arrested recently. Like the the guitar wonderkin. He did, yeah, he did get arrested. I read for that. like stealing a guitar. Well, that's what that movie <laughs> taught him to do. Like, you're like, what the fuck, society? <laughs> we put him in a movie as a child called School of Rock, where it was kick some ass, steal some guitars. Right, he does he it where he was stealing school time to play guitar, and then he goes and steals a guitar later in life, and we all act shocked. Right. Like it wasn't written in the stars to begin with. What are we talking about? We sealed that cocksucker's fate the minute we released that movie. Link later, you're fucking- okay. We we actually need to talk about this. You've been saying cocksucker a lot lately, and I'm not sure if a it's because you're just getting more surly as you get older, or b because you've been watching a lot of Deadwood recently. Oh, it's probably Deadwood related. Okay. Have I said cocksucker a lot lately? I don't know. You said it twice today in reference to a certain person you don't like this morning. <laughs> twice in the space of like two minutes and i was like holy shit what a way to start the day Fuck. it really was the first thing i said this morning i saw that <laughs> message like cocksucker i'm out <laughs> it's like, a good man, insult i remember i have this memory of william h something. well william h macy was on uh inside the actor studio once and he said that was his favorite insult. that's fair and the way he said it i was like yeah yeah man that is a good fucking word yeah, William H. Macy has a lot of strong opinions. I feel like he's probably an asshole in real life, but I still want to hang out with him. I mean, I feel like you got to respect anyone who looks like Huckleberry Hound sounds. Yeah. And is still that good of an actor. Like, he's a real Steve Buscemi type. I'm not saying he's as like butt ugly as Steve Buscemi is, but he's made a career. Oh, you just. Made- I, think, I think Buscemi is classically handsome. <laughs> I think he's got a rugged handsomeness. You're, you're just used to his face. No, I think Steve Buscemi <laughs> is like Stephen King. The Steves have a rugged handsomeness. <laughs> of all the Steves to pick, he picks Stephen fucking King. A rugged handsomeness. <laughs> what know, do you want from me? <laughs> renowned for his rugged good looks, Stephen King. No, not right. The point is that it's unique. Like no one else has that face or bone structure you could possibly say is good looking, but Stephen King brings it. He brings gravitas to it. He's like Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah, like in that he looks like a regular man put on a weird mask over his real face. <laughs> They both do have that quality. That's true. And I'm not trying rugged. to face the here. Yeah, it's rugged handsomeness is the point. <laughs> like, the two Steves and the Ron, man. Like that's that's my two men definitely, and a baby bitch. Like, definitely rugged in the sense that, like, oh, you run over a jacket with your car a few times, and now that jacket's like rugged. It's been through some shit. You know when you buy like like a leather jacket, but that shit's too good, so you like you know, fuck with it a little bit <laughs> right. in the freezer. Like you get your cat to, to piss on it. Shit. Like that's an essential uh, step <laughs> to leather. Break your, your cat to piss on it. <laughs> well, it's like a rite of passage. Otherwise you can't really do it. You know what I mean? I feel like the one time I would try to get a cat to like do something bad, it would just be good. I hate cats. Yeah. They're the fucking worst. These pieces of shits. And you'd be honest, as great as the Egyptians were, how great could they be if they worshiped cats? Hot take of the day. Fuck Egyptians. Cats are stupid. I think that Egyptians were just projecting, you know, their insecurities on the cats, you know, they, they saw something that was cold and aloof and they were in a hot, you know, desert oasis. And they were like, this is maybe, you know, they, they know something we don't. 
they're on a different <laughs> plane of existence. That the cats knew something that we that we didn't know. Yeah, because they're, they're all there. They're all there, like getting angry, having slaves, sweating in the desert, and meanwhile, cats are just strolling around, just like doing whatever the fuck they want, whenever they want. And they're like, "Oh, man. do you think that really was just like a case of like I'm the first Egyptian? I'm literally the ultimo Egyptian. I'm 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 Charles Egyptian, and the first animal I ever saw was a cat in the desert, and I'm just like, fuck God." Like, right. I feel like that's all the creativity that went into you're, that. you're worried, like, living moment to moment, you know, hour to hour, minute to minute. Every second of your life is stress and heat and sand and desert. And then you see this fucking cat just prancing around, eating your food, fucking scratching the shit out of you, not giving a fuck about anything, shitting on your clothes. And you're like, well, well, it's got to be a god because this it would- <laughs> guy has fucking, he knows the secret. He knows the truth. You could just be a narcissistic animal, which is right. what most cats are. But like, no, nope, this is a god like, cat. <laughs> like, yeah, they're already worshiping the sun, but like the cat, whoa. That guy's right. well, the, the cat level. is the Jesus, you know, Christ yeah. of... Cats fucking... don't even need the sun. They can be out at night or the day. <laughs> like blades. Cats are like day walkers, night walkers. They do it all. They're cats. They're gods after all. <laughs> cats suck. I don't know fucking charles i think charles really biffed it when he saw the first thing i was like that's charles, it Charles egypt yeah well i just it's like it's like it's like marrying the first girl who's nice to you you know it's like oh, well i'm not saying that like that can't work out but it's not good odds are <laughs> odds are your math's probably fucked charles egypt you really fucked us over here man and now in history we could have gone down as the romans but we're going down as the cat people Right. Like, that's not good. Avatar didn't make that any better for us. Like, the cat people suck. <laughs> Avatar <laughs> they, was the last they have Avatar in Egypt. Yeah, that's the point. They saw that movie. We saw it. We didn't like it. Like, we felt it stepped on our toes culturally. So, James Cameron wasn't even ripping off Ferngully meets Dances with Wolves. Meets he Pocahontas. Was, uh, meets Pocahontas. He was ripping off uh, the real life Egyptian story of Avatar. Well, yeah, I thought, <laughs> is there a special thanks at the, at the bottom? It's like a special thanks to Charles Egypt. <laughs> like, you know, he thinks Scorsese, he thinks uh, Francis Ford Coppola, and then he thinks Charles Egypt. I know it's been said before, but the fucking MacGuffin element in that story was literally called unobtainium. <laughs> and had the most indignant Giovanni Rabisi you've ever seen. Yeah. Who knew that he was saying garbage, but like, brought right. us all to it man he really did he was selling it um he literally looks at the camera and says i'm the corporate asshole he did great i mean it was liberating maybe cameron was just like you know we don't have to stand on ceremony mr wayne yeah. <laughs> like we can just uh we can just say like hey this is the corporate guy like in the script i could give him a name or i could just call him corporate asshole and have giovanni rabisi to play him he's he freed us I can't wait for the 15 years late sequel to Avatar. You know, I feel like you're being an asshole, no. but I but think it could change the game. What game? The uh, uh, Explain that. <laughs> Defend that. Uh, the, the, the movie game, man. Like, you know, like he came you know out, he did weird? Titanic. Is that by the time we get an Avatar sequel, like as much time will have passed between the end of the original star Wars trilogy and the phantom menace. Yeah. Shit like that fucks with me all the time. 
uh, that we're just old and time is cruel. And uh, Home Alone came out closer to the moon landing than to us. Yeah. That's it. That's Home. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the like? Home Alone might have been the first movie I have consciousness of. Like that was definitely like a '90s fucking cultural phenomenon. Yeah, Pesci. <laughs> you think that's his shame sitting there in retirement? He retires after Lethal Weapon Four, and he's just like, you know, I did those fucking Home Alone movies, and fuck. Like, Again, <laughs> like I don't think that he's too worried about his legacy. He also did a Tales from the Crypt episode, which is hilarious. The best episode maybe ever of that series. <laughs> it's pretty great. He has a ponytail in it. Like it's pretty great, man. Hey, we're talking about motherfuckers who oh, should never yeah, have had a ponytail. I got a twin too. You uh, literally talk about people who should not have had a ponytail. That motherfucker, like. <laughs> He almost killed that hairstyle for Eddie and everyone in the future, man. Like, I don't know, man. I think he brought it back. I think he was a trendsetter. And I think that America's youth saw that ponytail and they're like, whoa, if Pesci's doing it. Right. Do you think the whole man bun movement was just someone peeping that episode was, of Tales from the Crypt? A belated response to the Pesci ep, the classic Pesci ep of Tales from the Crypt. Like, dude, I was on YouTube the other day and I saw like the most fucking dope, awesome haircut ever. What did you see? It was this like short piece of shit named Joe Pesci. He was so cool though. The guy from Home Alone? Yeah. What, what, what was, I've seen his hair in that. He doesn't have hair and then he burns it off. What are you talking about? What was he dude, doing? It was with his just hair? for the role. In real life, he had like this bitchin' ponytail. Does he, he has flowing locks? Pesci has flowing locks? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> Sorry, you're really committing to that character, and I'm like, I'm into it. Like, let's just see how. Meanwhile, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut to another scene later. Like, I want to see how far you can keep this guy going. No, but that's what I mean. Seriously, like, and, and we just don't realize it, but Pesci is the the motherfucking hipster icon. Every and we go back and we start realizing like all the pieces. It's like the end of the Sixth Sense, where like it was all there. We just didn't put it together. Man, Pesci is the reason for all of hipster culture. Yeah, no, he he was the first one to really like just take old, you know, things that nobody has any use for anymore and say, I'm going to appropriate this for my own uh, ironic enjoyment. And then he started doing that and people finally caught on years later, you know, he was a real Warhol. Uh, that's the best example ever. Cause I, I, I hate that motherfucker. I've never understood the Andy Warhol thing. Like what I know about Andy Warhol is that fucking soup. get it. Consumerism. Is that his thing? I don't know anything about him. I know about remember the, the can of soup. I remember the can of soup and I remember it being bullshit. And I remember that banana. I want you to okay, set the scene. Okay. So like now we're going to unveil the latest exhibit of Andy Warhol. It's called money pull back the curtains it's Campbell's soup can and he, he's smoking a cigarette he goes consumerism walks away everybody Man. goes genius well that's like I'll that guy like, like that one guy who was just like I'm gonna play a symphony and he packs an auditorium and he goes to the piano bench and he puts his hands over the keys mm-hmm. but doesn't play anything and he sits yeah. there for two minutes and then he takes the little the little guard the piano guard and puts it down and walks off stage and everyone's yeah. like bro that's like do you like understand what he's doing there bro like he's saying that there's music in our silence bro like the silence right. is like our music bro like do you understand like it's one of those fucking things where you're like <laughs> yeah we get it <laughs> like, 
Like, right. <laughs> it's like about the notes he didn't play, and he didn't play any. Do you get it? It's like if he had played notes, it would have just ruined it. No, he actually did um, a film called Empire, and it was a five-minute straight shot, static shot of the Empire State Building um, where nothing happens. And it was like lauded as a piece of genius avant-garde filmmaking. Andy Warhol did. Yeah. I feel like the standards of avant-garde genius were way lower back in the 60s and 70s. Like, that's what I'm getting out of this. Right. Like, you didn't have to do anything. You just had to, like, I don't know, wear socks with flip-flops. They'd be like, whoa, holy shit, this guy. Yeah. Like, this guy's like, changed the fucking status quo, man. At least Andy Kaufman, when he would, like, book, you know, a full stadium or full, like, venue for, like, a comedy special and would just, like, pitch a tent and then go to sleep. At least there was a joke there, you know? <laughs> The joke was on us. The joke was that you paid money to see a man sleep in a tent for two hours. I feel like I was made for the Andy Kaufman era of comedy. That would have been my shit. I because I, I would have just become a con man, but called it comedy. Like that's the, that's what would have happened to me. Well, I mean, you know, at least we've got like the Eric Andres and the Tim Heideggers of the world to carry that torch for us. I'm waiting. <laughs> I was being that guy at a piano bench. I was going to say a joke, but my silence was the best joke ever. 